Hold on, wait, real quick to, to address the security problem. I, he tweeted, banned because I walked past five layers of security guards. I'm sorry, guards that's insane. Who, who willingly let me through security without asking for ID and shot around on the court for 10 minutes. What? Come on, I, hold up, hold up. <laughs> he shot on the court for 10 minutes? On, Yo. Lito. Shut the Yo. No, this is not real. Yo. This is not real. He got more NBA oh, shots man. up than I ever have in my whole life. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's the breaking point. I can't do no more, yeah. <laughs> What's up, what's up, and welcome to Certified Buckets, the can't-miss NBA podcast where we hit on all things hoops and culture, brought to you by Uninterrupted. I'm your girl, Ashley Nicole Moss, and as usual, my guys are with me, Christian Winfield, Lethal Shooter, what's popping, what's cracking, what's good? What's up, y'all? How you feeling? How y'all doing today? I'm kind of sad. Basketball season is like this close to being over. And then oh it's the, it's the dog days of sports. Everybody knows the dog days of sports. It's it's a long time till football season starts. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Then listen, my New York Jets, 10 wins. Okay. Ten wow. Wins. Let's talk. That's a realistic. lot of wins, bro. In Ten realistic wins. Ten things, we won't, even have, we won't even have our Rangers to watch because unfortunately they got eliminated. So they won't be right. in the Stanley Cup final. So sports, mm. I mean, I have my Yankees, though. They're balling. They're handling business. You know, yeah. the Yankees are, are doing things. They had like 17. They had 17 scores the other day. I guess I believe it was against Chicago. Aaron Judge is saying, y'all going to have to pay me. All right. So listen, all mm. rise for the judge. Run that man his money. Run that man and his run, money. And run my Jets these wins. You feel me? Right. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. As usual, be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you happen to be listening. Get at us on social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets. And we're on Instagram and Twitter. Interact with us and you might just hear your comments on the next show. All right, guys. So we are five games deep into the NBA finals. And it's been one hell of a series, one hell of a ride. And we've yet to crown a champion. And we were concerned that that would be a possibility next time we recorded this podcast. But here we are, a lot of basketball left to be played. So let's break it all down in this edition of 3 on 5. All right, y'all, check ball. It's time for us to go 3 on 5. All right, so let's start with Monday night's game as the Warriors were able to take a 3-2 series lead thanks to what I am going to forever call the Andrew Wiggins game. Wiggins was clearly the best player on the court. And the supporting cast for Golden State also, listen, they made up for Steph Curry's off night of shooting with the basketball. Chef Curry was off, but the kitchen was still cooking. You had you had Clay Thompson. Okay, Ash got bars. You had Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole. Everybody was touching that ball. Draymond made an appearance. So, Christian, what stood out to you the most during the Warriors' 104-94 Game 5 win? I'd say it was their resilience, for real, for real, because there were times in that game where I thought the Celtics were going to come in and just take that game over, right, when they would go on a run, and then, boom, you know the Celtics have that size advantage they can get those rebounds, they can set hard screens, they play physical, they move the ball. But this Warriors team, and I said this from the beginning, they've been here before, right? They've done this before, and and we're starting to see that shine through. 
And I mean, you got to tip your hat to Andrew Wiggins. We're going to talk about it some more, but the shot making, the rebounding, we're watching like that second jump that he has is crazy where like he might miss the rebound the first try, but he's going right back up for it the second try. He's, he's battling with guys like Robert Williams and Al Horford on the boards right now. This is like basketball evolution in a way. And we, we've spoken about Andrew Wiggins time and time again, but for him to just be putting forth consistently good efforts, not just scoring the ball, but just making winning plays. I mean, you got to tip your hat to him. for real. Right. I mean, it's definitely important because in a bunch of these games, we were talking about consistently how Steph was kind of out there by himself. Right. Draymond yeah. really wasn't the Draymond Green. Not that people want him to be, but that he has been right. Draymond's skill set yeah. has never been his offense. It's always been his defense. And the fact that he's not afraid to go ahead and, and be in the paint and get a little dirty and go for, you know, an easy layup or something like that. We didn't see that. Obviously, Clay has been struggling. He's still trying to get his footing. Jordan Poole has even been a little bit inconsistent. But this was the game where you really saw when this team is all systems ago, they are so deep from top to bottom. I'm talking starters. I'm talking bench. I mean, when everybody is touching that ball and everybody is contributing in some way, shape, or form, this team is almost impossible to stop. And you really just saw in Monday's game continuity basketball at its finest. Lethal, I know you were loving what you were seeing. Yeah, I love the way they're playing basketball. They're playing team basketball. Draymond, uh, one possession, I'm not saying this is the correct thing to do, but it shows how much he believes in his teammates. One time he had a wide open layup and he kicked it to Wiggins. And, it, and the one thing I can say about this team, they they trust each other. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they they the Celtics have to do a better job at trusting each other and stop trying to um, one quarter Tatum might have the ball in the second quarter. Um, uh, Jalen uh, Brown might be trying to go at it. And I feel, I feel like the Warriors are playing team basketball. And, and to piggyback on what you said, Ashley, you know, Steph Curry is he didn't play the best game, but his teammates picked up for him. Right. And I feel like the Celtics aren't doing a good job of playing um, team basketball and and playing with that tenacity and that hunger because you remember I picked the Celtics to win the series, but they're starting to mm. show me, and I could be wrong. They're starting to show me that they're, they're not as hungry as the Warriors. You know, the Warriors are absolutely hungry. Andrew Wiggins is absolutely hungry. NBA All Star Andrew NBA, Wiggins, yeah, NBA All Star yeah. starter. And it's just it's just confusing to me with the why the Celtics didn't finish it off at home, come to the Warriors and give it a hundred percent win or lose. But I just feel like sometimes they just look like they're in shock, like when Wiggins dunk the ball that one time he went to the basket. If you look at Tatum, if you look at everybody that was on the court, it was like they were all in shock. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you can't, be, you can't be like that in the finals. You got to go out there and hit somebody in the mouth. You know what I mean? And who's going to be that guy for the Celtics next game to hit somebody in the mouth? We'll dive into the Celtics in a second. But before that, some fun stats for everybody. Steph, Draymond, and Clay have now passed Duncan, Ginobili, and Parker for the most mm. NBA final wins as a trio. Um, with their 20th finals win. And also, this is the first game without a three-pointer for Steph Curry since 2018. That streak was officially broken, but I don't think he cares. He got the win at home. That's all that matters. But going back to the Celtics, I think there's a few issues here. I mean, listen, Ime Udoka, like I said, his, his adjustments are great. He took Steph out of the game. You know, in the third quarter, when Steph started to get some sort of a rhythm, he just had that defense swarming him where it was just Steph had no other option but to pass the rock. He couldn't get a shot off. And that was a great adjustment because they were giving him a lot of space in the first half. He just wasn't hitting his shots. Um, but Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, 
it's very rare for them to be on the same page at the same time. And I think Jason Tatum specifically, his shot selection was a little bit off or a lot off, but also it just seems like there's so many instances where he's so comfortable passing instead of taking the shot. And that's something that has always been a knock on his, you know, foundation as a player because people are saying, well, that's what's stopping him from being a quote unquote superstar is he's too interested in passing, not interested in shooting. What did you guys make of his performance? And do you expect a better game from him at home in Boston? Yeah, I mean, I I think I expect a better game from everybody going back home to Boston, uh, especially when you're facing elimination. You know, we spoke about this before. This is a a team that's in the NBA Finals for the first time. Like, we're looking at Jordan Poole, who's Mm. also not playing the way that we know he's accustomed to playing. Why? Because this is his first time on the big stage. So maybe there's some getting used to lethal. Maybe there's something you can He did have 14 major points, though. It wasn't a lot, but they came at the right moment. So I'll give him that. Yeah, but we're we're used to seeing Jordan Poole flip with 30 The pool's a lot deeper than what it was. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. That's the kiddie (laughs) pool. So, I mean, mean, lethal, I feel like that's something you might be able to speak to. Do you see a a difference in Tatum in terms of his aggression or shot selection? Or what are you seeing from there? Well, I don't I don't see a difference in his aggression because, um, like Ash said, he's going to shoot the ball. It's just he's shooting the ball at um, sometimes in, in bad situations. Like, it's he's turning down the easy shots to take the difficult shots. And mm. I think oh, that, com- yeah. that comes from overthinking. That comes from sometimes anxiety and nervousness. And like she was just saying as well, I feel the same way. I don't ever think that Jalen and Tatum and, and smart and all those guys Ooh. are always in sync together. It's like it's like like I told you guys. It's, it looks like people are taking quarters. Like it's your turn. It was your turn. Or we're sitting and watching like we're playing pickup basketball, and that's and that's not going to win. I feel like to me, you know, all due re- respect to the Warriors, I feel like the Celtics have a better team. It's just what you guys are saying. They don't understand how to mesh it together. I want to go back to what you just said. You said it looks like they're yeah. taking turns in in quarters. Mm. But yeah. what's the issue? Because it's not like these two haven't played together. You know, it would be yeah. it would be more of an excuse if it were, say, like a Kevin Durant and a Ben Simmons, and they're like trading right. quarters because they hadn't played together. They don't have that chemistry. They don't know each other's movements, some, each other's streaks, each other's, right. you know, preferred shots, things like that. But this, this is a duo who have spent multiple seasons together, but still right. there's not any type of, um, symmetry, synergy. yeah, synergy yeah. in in the way yeah. that they play. Why is that? From a training standpoint, sometimes you look at it, it's like guys have to get what they have to get to maintain who they are. Sometimes the way it looks, and sometimes you have to sacrifice. Not saying that that's the issue, but sometimes it looks like that. Okay, okay, I only got twelve points. I got to get to twenty two or twenty four. That's how, that's how it looks sometimes. But to win in the finals, you can't have that mentality. You have to believe in your teammate your teammates and sometimes like we're saying they just look like they 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 compete with each other. Mm. You know, I feel like sometimes we can we can give the credit to the Warriors defense, you know, just like we can give the credit to the Celtics defense when the Warriors look out of sync. I mean, right. these defenses are designed to take things away, right? So when you take option 1 away, you take option 2 away, it might look like they're playing your turn, my turn, but in reality it's all oh, man, the Warriors are taking away all our actions. Now we got to kind of go to playground ball, hit this ISO real quick, try to make something happen. One thing is for sure, we're watching really high-level basketball on both sides. I mean, this is really this is a really good series. I hope it goes seven. Um, but I, I think the Warriors are going to try to wrap this thing up in Boston. And the Warriors aren't perfect. I mean, there was a lot of times in Monday's game and throughout this series where they're just taking ridiculous shots. It's, it's poor shot selection. It's poor 
you know, awareness of what's going on on the court. We saw that when Steph Curry had two fouls early. I believe it was in game four. It's just, you know, there's it's so high adrenaline and so much energy that it just leaves you a lot of room to make mistakes. But I think that it's the team that can bounce back from those mistakes that's ultimately going to win this series. And right now that looks like the Warriors. So the Celtics are what seven and zero in after a loss. Is that is that a uh, an accurate fact, or or were they seven and zero? And then they lost. Yeah, they, they, they had the, that this is the first time they've lost back to back games. So that's mm. that's a very interesting seven and one stat. Yeah, mm. so might be seven and two. Listen, now. we've seen the Celtics force multiple game sevens in this playoffs. Um, you know, this year's playoffs. So it, it's not like it can't happen. And if anywhere, if it's going to be forced anywhere, it's going to be forced back home in the TD Garden. So we shall see. Moving on to topic number two, after his stellar. 26 and 13 performance in game five, a.k.a. the Andrew Wiggins experience and a clutch 17 points and 16 rebound performance in game four. Some of the media has taken up the narrative that perhaps Andrew Wiggins, NBA all star Andrew Wiggins, that is, deserves to be in the consideration for finals MVP. Lethal with Steph struggling in game five. Now, just game five, because he is averaging 30 points per game five rebounds and four assists um, as in the series as a whole, does Andrew Wiggins have a chance at finals MVP after Monday's performance? All of us. Well, I want to say all of us because I, I didn't see, I, I didn't prophesy this. Um, <laughs> but, but, but Steph Curry is definitely going to win um, the finals MVP if they win. But that's the, that's the power of social media. Some of the people that watch basketball, they just like like uh, Chris says, what have you done for me now? People see what somebody's done and they just start putting stuff out there and the other pages pick it up who don't have a clue what's going on. And then they see that it's trendy and they they move that. We all know that Steph Curry, uh, he, he had a bad game in game five, but we all know that he's carrying that whole team uphill with no shoes on all the way to the top with no water. Uphill <laughs> with no shoes on and all, yeah. all the way yeah. to the top with no water is hilarious. Listen. 13 rebounds for Andrew Wiggins in game five. Yeah. 16 rebounds for Andrew Wiggins in game four. Right. Seven, six, and five in games three, two, and one. He's got a 26-point game. He's got a 20-point game. 17, 18, and 11. Got a couple steals right. in a bunch of different games. He's filling up the stat sheet. He's doing what he has to do. It's the rebounding for me, to be honest. The rebounding, yeah. it's just... That's what this team has needed the entire time. I feel like Steve Steve Kerr went to him and said, hey, if you grab everything for you, starts with rebounding. And that's what he's done. And I love that. Um, will he win finals MVP? Can he have another? Can he have two more 25 and 12 games? I think that if this goes seven and he has 25 and 12 in each of the next two games, then maybe Steph struggles in one of those games and Wiggins is the hero. Then, yeah, sure, I could see it. But if the Warriors are winning in six and Steph is going crazy to, to close right. it out, there's, there's no chance. I think, and I think also, look, the Warriors wouldn't even be in this position if it weren't for Steph. You know, that's oh, no, sure. that's no knock sure. on what Andrew Wiggins has contributed to the series thus far. But Game Four doesn't turn into a Game Five without yeah. Steph Curry. Yeah. So I think you know it's fun to kind of have that conversation. I think if anything, if anything is up for grabs, it's that Finals MVP between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum because their numbers That's are it. so tightly close mm-hmm. um, in this series. Jalen Brown averaging 21 points per game. Jason Tatum, 23 points per game. They're almost the exact same rebounds per game. And the only thing that Jason Tatum has above Jalen Brown is assist. But that is also because he's kind of not, you know, willing to shoot the ball lately. So, yeah. um, 
I think that's a closer conversation. I think that we're not going to get that same stuff in game six. And if it is a game seven, we're certainly not going to get that same stuff. So I think it's. Uh, his I don't think I don't think the NBA is going to give woke Jalen Brown finals MVP. He, he's too woke. He's going he gonna to get that award and, and start talking about you already know. That's, they're not going to do that. I mean, <laughs> what does that have to do, do with that. his performance on the court? That, that means they're going to give it to Tatum. You know what I'm anyway, yeah, Jalen Brown definitely Brown. would deserve finals MVP if that if that came out. But it's it's definitely interesting. I think that, again, we have this conversation often and we're going to have it, you know, briefly right now. It just goes to show that for certain players, certain situations are better conducive for developing their skill set. You know, Andrew Wiggins was in Minnesota and Jimmy Butler, you know, spoke high praises of him, but he wasn't really received well by the general public, the fan base. A lot of people said he was washed, things like that. He gets to Golden State. And ultimately, I think being surrounded by veteran talent, superstar talent, and just an organization that really took the time to develop him and remold him into what he was supposed to be out the gate is all the difference maker. And we've seen this time and time again that sometimes certain situations are just better for bringing out of a player what was expected of them or what a lot of people thought you know, they no longer had. And this is a perfect example of that. You know, we see it go the other way so many times where a guy gets drafted and then you never hear from him again. I think about it often, you know, like what happens if this is the, this is the comparison I always make. What happens if Kawhi goes to Indiana instead of going to San Antonio? What happens, what happens if, if the Pistons draft Carmelo Anthony? Goodbye. Oh, I don't know what happens. <laughs> that's oh unfortunate. But yeah, I mean, that's that's. That's case in point that environment is really conducive to success as an NBA player for sure. We're going to go ahead and move on to topic number three. And we're going to go back in time a little bit. We're going to go back to game Uh-oh. four for a moment where Steph Curry put on a all-time great performance to lead the Warriors to a 107-97 victory. Steph carried the Warriors offense on his back, scoring right. 43 points and shooting 50% from the three. Christian, mm. where would you rank this performance from Steph as an all-time great finals performance? And you are not going to sidestep this All-time great like finals performance? Like Why do y'all always put me in these Man, positions? Because you're Why is it never Ash because in the hot seat, number one? Lethal, because unlike wow. me and Lethal, you are a professional sidestepper. finals why. performances. So now I got to have a one recollection of every finals <laughs> performance that's ever been played, and I got to rank stuff. Um, this goes in, I don't know, the top 50. Who knows? There have okay, been so me, many I'll, different. I'll give, you, I'll give you a couple you examples. Know what I'm saying? Like, Would you put this above or below Ray Allen hitting that corner three in game six, ooh, Miami Heat series? Um, below. Below. Below, below, okay. below that for sure. That shot saved LeBron. So much. Because if, if he doesn't hit that shot, yeah. I don't know if we're talking about LeBron the same way today as we were then. Would you rate this above or below Kyrie Irving in that Cavaliers series? The game-winning shot? The game-winning shot four, to yeah. force it no, to a that game was a seven. Se- oh, to force it to a game seven? Sheesh. Kyrie. Yeah. No, nah, see, there's so many. Like, if it, if it decides a series, then nah, that, that game was so good, though, for Steph. Right. I would say... That game he had, is and, and up He there. had 34 points, I believe, in that series, or was it 42 points? I'm gonna need a, I'm gonna need a stat check on that, but I believe NBA oh no, it was a history. it was a 41 point performance in Game Five of the 2016 mm-hmm. NBA Finals to get the Cavs to the next game. Jeez, wow! 
I wish I had I could look at the tape for these two games right here <laughs> and, and, and make a decision. I'll say this. Steph is definitely going down as a top 10 player in NBA history, especially after he wins finals MVP this year. And yeah. if the Warriors are able to close it up um, in terms of just performances, I can I don't know where that game ranks in terms of all time. So I'm gonna do a little sidestep in there. But in terms of that performance, I mean, the Warriors needed him. Right, the Warriors yeah. needed that big game, and if he didn't get them that, you know, what I'm saying there was no bl- like blow up performance from Andrew Wiggins that was going to save. Them. Would you right. be willing? And, uh, would you be willing to say it's the best final performance that's tough too, of Steph's he, career? He's done been to so many finals, but we've had this conversation within the basketball discourse that Steph seems to kind of fall back a little bit in these big games. And these that big was one series. of the most assertive. Yeah, that was one of the most assertive and aggressive games I've seen Steph play in the finals for sure. Just because he was just coming up. And it was almost like he was looking like Luca up there, dribbling the ball up the floor, shooting threes. No one could stop him. Um, yeah, that's up there for best finals game of Steph's career. I'll, I'll say it, sure. That's the best finals game in Stephen Curry's career. Clip it, hang it from the Raptors, make it an NFT, top shot it, all that. <laughs> Lethal, I want to ask you, what is the difference between we saw game four, Steph could not miss. I mean, 50% from the three is absolutely insane. 43 points. And then game five, back home at that. Remember, game four is in Boston. He puts up this insane performance, video game-like. Goes back home where a lot of the time shooters perform better. You're familiar with the court, the lighting, everything, every aspect. And it's just an abysmal performance compared to what we saw in game four. Yes, in the third quarter, you know, Boston kind of put the locks on him and prevented him, you know, from doing what he would normally do. But in the first half... I mean, they were hardly, you know, pressing him like that, and he just couldn't hit the side of a bus. What What's the difference between the two games? Yeah, sometimes the shooters, you know, when you have that big game, you know, you get a little bit comfortable. You know what I mean? You get a little bit complacent, you know? So, uh, like like Chris was saying uh, earlier, I, I, you know, I think he's going to come back, unfortunately, and, and, and shoot the pill off next game because he's going to make the adjustments that's needed um, to get the shooting rhythm um, that he's looking for. You know, how many people have we seen in the finals? Sh- I mean, yeah, he had, a, he had a bad shooting game, but how many people have we seen in the finals shoot this great, you know? So it's just his ability to always adjust and not have bad games back to back to back just shows, like, why he is top 10 ever to, to, to do this at a high level because it's not anybody – there's not anybody in NBA history that can shoot the way that Steph, Steph Curry is shooting that is doing or has done what he's done that had the ball in their hand. All of the shooters were like catch and shoot guys. They weren't guys where it's like um, they had to pull from half court and do all these type of things. Of course, MJ had a jump shot. Of course, all these other guys had beautiful jump shots, but they weren't doing or anybody has never done what Steph Curry has done. So I hate to say this, but you know, I want the Celtics to win, but in, in basketball world, you know, a player like him, he won't come back out and have another bad game. Well, on the flip side of that, switching gears just a little bit, I want to talk Clay, the the half of the Splash Bros. We saw Finals MVP Clay Ash. Finals MVP Clay. Ain't that, ain't that your pick? I'm just happy to see nostalgic Clay <laughs> make an appearance. I was so excited. Uh, I felt like yeah. I was like watching my big brother play. Yeah. I was so he excited. Had some big shots. He but did. Clay got his rhythm back a little bit in game five. You know, yeah. obviously, the conversation we've been having about him is the inconsistencies and, in, you know, seeing remnants, remnants of Clay from years ago. And then he kind of reverts. You know, that's a lot of the fact he hasn't really got his legs under him yet. But will we see another performance from Clay like we did in game five? Or was that like a one and done situation? 
I hope yeah. so. Okay. Not lethal. I think you can speak to this too because I feel like a lot of his threes that were made, they were coming from like above the break. You know what I'm saying? Off that action. Why? Why were the, Why were those so effective? And do you think that's something the Celtics are going to take away? He said the ocean had healing properties. He jumped in the bay, <laughs> and he he jumped in the freezing cold water of the Pacific Ocean and said he was healed. So who knows? We may get Game oh, Six clay in Game Six. I'm excited. Well, as a shooter, when you're coming off those pin downs that you're talking about, Chris, you get a lot of momentum for your legs. So you're forced to like if you come off a pin down and you turn, you're forced to. Ugh. But when you're sitting out there and somebody's dribbling and you step into it, sometimes you might shoot a tad bit lazy. And Clay is still finding that rhythm and that middle ground where to get everything to be even. And we haven't seen him really put it all together just yet. And like I said before, I think I said this, it probably won't happen to next year. You know what I mean? I mean, to next season uh, where he's where he's just, oh, wow. Like, look at this. Wow, wow, wow. And that's not going to happen right now. But the good thing and the one thing I love about Steve Kerr and the staff for the Warriors, they're they're letting him play his game. He's not turn and he and and he's not taking bad shots. You know what I mean? But he's taking the shots that he normally takes. They're just not dropping. But I'm seeing the one thing I can say: nobody's blocking it. So that shows that he's getting it off. So once he gets that rhythm back, it's going. <laughs> It's going to be scary. It's going to be scary. Yeah, and the Warriors and Kerr are definitely letting him play through the trials and tribulations of of trying to figure out, you know, what's going on and and how he can get himself back. So you got to love that. All right, guys. So topic number four, the NBA finals have a maximum of two games left, which means the playoffs as a whole are officially coming to a close. It's going to be a long summer. And although we are hoop heads, we still have to admit that this postseason has seemed to feature violent swings of momentum and an unusual amount of blowouts. Lethal, Mm. fill in this blank. Compared to other NBA playoffs, the 2022 NBA playoffs have been what? Uh Uh-oh. Lethal in the hot seat. Fill in the blanks are easy. Hmm. Confusing. That's a good one. Confusing. Yes. Okay, explain. You never know what can happen. You know, we're on here saying this and saying that. Next game, Grant Williams might come out and score 30. I'm just putting that in the universe. But I'm just saying, these finals, we never know what to expect. It's like we're always on the hot seat. We don't know what to expect. One team on Tuesday will win by 50. The next team on Wednesday will win by 40. And it's like, there's no consistency. I'm just confused what's going on. But, hey, that's why we love NBA basketball. And that's why we're tuned in. Because, I mean, we, we don't know what to expect. Do you think that that has more to do with... It's a combination of things. I mean, the officiating has been a little... <laughs> has been the greatest. But do you also think that we are in the most competitive atmosphere of basketball that we've had in probably a long time? Because when you think about it, you look at previous series, right? Previous playoff series and and seasons, you kind of already knew who the top dog was going to be. And you were just kind of waiting for everything to go through the motions. But you knew it was going to be the Warriors. You knew it was going to be the Cavs when LeBron was out there. And you knew it was going to be Miami when it was the big three. You kind of knew who the players were going to be. Now, with the East more competitive than it's ever been before, and the West kind of, you know, doing the shifting of the gears or the changing of the guards, rather, and, you know, some new top dogs are emerging, and teams that were supposed to go ahead and and be the contenders are not really in the mix anymore. 
we're, we're getting a new formula. We're getting a new formulation that's kind of contributing to a more unpredictable postseason than ever before. It's good to see, you know, the NBA finals, they, you know, you, you have a good point because they were kind of boring when other teams were just uh, overpowering mm. the other team, if that makes sense. And now, like you're saying, it's so balanced because it's not cool anymore to just stack teams all up. It's it's cool now to develop players um, and they're putting more pressure on superstars to, to, to get better because some superstars were bailing themselves out by trying to team up with other guys. So, you know what? You have a great point. This is some balanced basketball, and, and it makes basketball much more fun to watch. I think we're seeing, you know, two different ways, just between the Warriors and the Celtics, two different ways to kind of like skin the same cat, which is winning the NBA Finals. One, with the Warriors, you've got that mix of veteran leadership with Steph, Clay, and Draymond, and then you've got those young guys who you've got playing some minutes, but not as many as you think in the NBA Finals because they're not ready for them. But still, that's one way to get there. And then the second way is the Celtics way, where you've got the same core that you're building for the same God knows how many years, and you're just continually knocking at that door trying to break through, you know? And, and I think this is a message, you know, I, I know the Nets definitely woke up this year when they got overpowered by the Celtics mm. because as Ashley spoke all year, this is a top-heavy team, but what happens when, A, one person goes down, and what happens when, B, you meet, meet another team that's deeper, not just deeper, but more physical, right? You've got teams like the Celtics, like the Bucks, like the Heat that are going to beat you up in the series. Now you've got to get bigger, and a lot of teams are taking heat of that. Even the Cel even the Warriors are getting beat up in the paint and, and on these on the glass because the Celtics are a bigger team. Um, roster building is at an all-time high. I'm loving what I'm seeing from these two teams and from other teams in the NBA. So it's not just the finals. It's next year, too. I think we're going to see a lot of different moves made in the, in the, in the offseason, and uh, the playoffs are going to get even better. Yeah, I mean, we've spoken about this on this podcast multiple times, and I've said, you know, that era of the super teams is dead. You know, you you see so much talent all over the league, and they want to go ahead and build their own super teams from the ground up. You know, it's no more, you know, getting on the banana boat and plotting in the offseason right. oh and God. saying, hey, right. guys, hey guys boat. let's play together. It's no more getting a bunch of Hall of Famers and throwing them on a team and hoping it works. You saw that with the Lakers. Didn't work. You know, you saw that with Brooklyn. Hasn't worked. You saw it kind of with the 76ers. Hasn't worked. And you look at teams like Memphis. You look at teams like the Warriors. You look at teams like Miami who are taking guys that, you know, are flying under the radar. They're taking guys who may not be top draft picks. They're not going ahead and getting all these multiple superstars right out the bat. They're really working on building their teams from the ground up and reaping the benefits years later, but for multiple seasons. Look at Toronto. Toronto's a perfect example. They went through that championship year, dismantled the team, kept what pieces they could, started young, and now they're heading back in that direction. Detroit's doing it. The Cavaliers are doing it. After LeBron left, you know, they were in the dark ages. And now they have a bunch of young guys. They're building that foundation. And that's a team you're going to have to look out for for multiple seasons once they get, you know, the finalized pieces together. Miami's another team. Max Struess, those guys, nobody knew who they were. Gabe Vincent, nobody was checking for those guys. Jordan Poole was in the G League. I mean, these are guys who... You know, these organizations, these franchises are seeing potential in and taking the time to develop them versus a team like the Lakers, versus a team like Brooklyn, versus a team like the 76ers who are looking for immediate success and seeing that it's not that easy anymore because there are a lot of teams who are doing it from the ground up 
and are just as talented, if not more talented, because they've been playing together longer. They know what works, what doesn't work. Boston's also a perfect example of that. You know, whatever woes they're dealing with right now, there's no knock on this team was built from the ground up. And they know each other inside and out. And they're only going to get better as long as you can keep that core together. And that's what we're starting to see. There's more teams like that than there are those super teams. Yeah, 100%. You know, I got a question. Um, and it's not, it's kind of tangential to this, but it's not necessarily in the, in the I guess, same vein as what we've been talking about. But if, we, if we've got, we know who made the playoffs this year. You know, what team that missed the playoffs this year do you think has the best chance to secure a first-round playoff victory next season? Because there's a lot of good teams that didn't make the playoffs this year that I'm expected to take a jump up. I'm wondering which one of those teams you guys think might be good enough next year to actually advance to the second round. I'm saying the New got... York Knicks. Wow. I, I, well, we, who didn't see that coming? No, I'm going to tell um, you why. I'm going to tell you why. I think that the Knicks are going to make a move before the next season. I just don't know what that move is quite yet. But also, I think that with the Knicks, much like I said with the Grizzlies, when a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, they're not ready. You have a lot of young guys on the New York Knicks who, as you saw towards the end of the season, when you let them play, they can cook. And you surround that with a veteran leader, somebody who is maybe not, you know, a spring chicken, but can go ahead and help you in the locker room with those guys and can go ahead and lead by example. I don't see why the Knicks can't get back to where they were the season before last. I mean, yeah, it was a weird season. You know, Julius Randle had an incredible season. I still think that you're one piece away, whatever that piece looks like, that this team can go ahead and and be a playoff contender. Even if it's not a championship contender, they can be a playoff contender because there's so much young talent out there or on that team that just is waiting for their moment in the sun and needs to be in the right formula to go ahead and reap the benefits of that. And we saw little glimpses of it. You just need to go ahead and put in the right formulation to really make that work. Is is this what it sounds like when I say the Jets are going to win 10 games? No. I, yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The Knicks are more realistic than the Jets winning 10 uh, games. I'm just saying. We'll like, see. We I'm will just see. saying. Lethal, what you thinking, man? What team I mean, you that guys missed are the playoffs? Think I'm yeah. crazy, but like, I, I, think, I think the Wizards are going to uh, get it together. Oh, I think the Wizards, too. I hear that. Yeah, yeah. because Kyle, Kyle Kuzma, he's, 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 I think he's starting to except that he can be the person to carry the team and the pieces that they have coming back is this Catavis Caldwell Pope, all those guys. Like I, th- I think they're going to make some noise next year in the East because they were slowly starting to make some noise. The injuries happened. Um, we know Bradley bill went down, but they were start they were slowly putting it together. So hopefully Bradley stays. And if he stays, I really think that they can come out the first round next year. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Hawks, you know? Oh, okay. And I, I think that that's a team that, you know, like the Knicks, they they overexceeded the year before, and then this year they kind of came back down to earth, and now they understand that this is an important offseason. They need to build around Trey even better. They need to find some. They need to find a legitimate number two for him, right? Because, well, that was the problem. They know, didn't really better yeah, their team last season. Exactly, and, not, right? and and that was the problem with the Knicks as well. I don't think you guys got better enough to. Yeah, improve. we didn't get better. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I think that's what they need to do. I think Trey needs that legitimate number two, and then they had. Uh, I think they had Capella get hurt in one of those games down the stretch, and that kind of hurt them as well. 
Uh, I'm looking forward to them. And then, no, I'm going to save the other one for, on, for uh, on the timeline. It'll be interesting to see, though, what they do with the John Collins situation. There, there's been talks yeah. about him he, possibly getting moved and things like that. That would be an interesting uh It's so weird because it's it, it feels like a good fit, right? Like, on paper and just looking at their skill sets, you've got one really, really dynamic playmaker in Trey and another guy who's a high flyer and can kind of shoot in right. Collins. You. You think it works, but I'm not sure why that that pairing isn't isn't working out right. It's confusing. We are going to go ahead and wrap up three on five with topic number five, and it is time to close out the series because the next time we get together to do a show, we will know who the NBA mm. champion is. Lethal, you were the only one in this group to pick the Celtics in this series, so I gotta mm. ask: Do you feel like the Celtics? will still have a chance to defend their home court during game six and steal a game in the yeah area in game seven to win the series. Well, I'm going to have to just stick with my guns. I like that. Uh, a man of conviction. Yeah, I have to stick with my guns because I think the adjustment they're going to make next game is, okay, we're stopping Steph Curry, but what are we doing wrong? Okay, we're allowing Wiggins to come off the same damn curl play to drive downhill to get to the basket. And we're checking Wiggins the wrong way. Now, if you want to stop Andrew Wiggins on the curl play at the three-point jump or at the three-point line when they set that screen so he can curl to the basket, why don't they just go under the damn play and make and force him to take that jump shot? If Andrew Wiggins kills them with the jump shot, we lose. I'll take it. But the last thing they need to keep having is Andrew Wiggins getting to the basket. Now, when you're checking Andrew Wiggins and we shoot, you don't get the rebound. You just box him out. He's at, like you're saying, Chris, he's, he's grabbing 14 rebounds. So the thing I'm saying is Draymond, as soon as the ball goes up, you, whoever's checking Draymond, you just turn around, football drive. Whoever's checking Wiggins, turn around, football drive. If you want to win this series, it's not just a, I think they're so focused on Steph Curry that they're forgetting the other players. And it's and it's it's just I think the Celtics are gonna make that adjustment next game. The Celtics have the ability to win. The only way they're gonna win, Tatum and and um Brown have to they have to fit in the same bottle. If they don't fit in the same bottle, they will lose the game and show some more emotion, no more cool guy stuff. Scream. Hey, Marcus uh, Smart was uh, like, was out was showing emotion. He was that's Marcus out. Smart. We need the other two guys to stop looking so cool. You know what I mean? And all due respect to everybody that's, you know, has their family members on the court. Get your family members off the court right now. Focus on basketball. Don't focus on tweeting. Don't focus on Instagram. Don't post Insta stories. Lock yourself and lock in because how many chances do you get to make it to the NBA Finals? I mean, call a spade a spade. The Celtics are in the NBA Finals because Chris Middleton got hurt, right? So what happens when everybody's healthy next year? They need to, speaking to your point, they, they need to play like this is the last time they'll be here because there's no guarantee that this group as currently constructed will be back. Um, that being said, we watched Steph have a poor shooting night. And you think he's going to come back out and do that again? No. We we also watched Steph come to Boston and tear it up. You know what I'm saying? I, I think he's going to be able to do that again. So it's tough. I mean, I, I don't necessarily feel comfortable betting against the Celtics at home. Because I've been, I've been to that place. We, y'all probably have too. Y'all know what it feels like. Y'all know how difficult it is for an opposing team to win there, especially in the NBA Finals. But, I mean, we the Warriors have a a, a code in a way that is allowing them to to be successful against the Celtics. Um, I think the Celtics need to get back to what they've been doing. And that's really just 
They got to be the more physical team on every single possession. You can't let Andrew Wiggins get 14 rebounds, 16 rebounds. That can't happen. You did a good job, like you said, against Steph, but you kind of wasted that game because you let the other guys get involved. They have to play perfect basketball at this point. Right. If they can't do it, I don't know what happens. It's going to be interesting, too, because sometimes when a team has lost back-to-back games, um, especially one of those games being at home, it's sometimes harder to break the physical changes that you need. It's I'm sorry, it's sometimes harder to break the the mental changes that you need to make instead of the physical, right? Because you're already yeah. in a place of, you know that this game is everything or you go home and that's it. So sometimes you'll see guys, you know, allowing that aspect to get the best of them instead of just focusing on, it's just, just a game. You know, they, they let the moment and they let the atmosphere and they let the pressure and they let what's at stake override what they should be doing. So you'll see guys doing a lot of frantic plays. You'll see guys making a lot of frantic passes. Yeah, crying to the refs, making really bad shots, bad decisions. So you just hope that Ime Udoka in practice, in that locker room, is stressing to his guys, look, it's just another game at home. Treat it like you would any other game. I know it's the NBA. This ain't no other game. Knock somebody too far next game. (laughs) In the sense of don't do more than what you've done to get to this point. Like, play your game, be aggressive, make good shots, make good decisions, but don't think it's more than what it is to the point where you're out there running around with a chicken without a, like a chicken without a head. Because we've seen this before. We saw that with the Grizzlies. They allowed the moment to get the best of them, and they lost every single thing that had gotten them to that point. We saw it with, you know, um, some games Miami was in, although they were able to overcome it, um, not necessarily in the Boston series, but throughout, you know, their playoffs. Some of those series should have ended a lot sooner than they did, but they allowed the moment to go ahead and override what they should be doing. If Boston just plays the game that got them this far, they should be fine. Now, if you go out there and you're like, all right, I got to hit the ball. I got to go make sure fast break here. I got to go ahead and make sure I get this. Okay, ref, what like you're going to lose. Like you're going you're you going thing. to lose. <laughs> if the Warriors go into Boston and win that game, them them Boston fans are going to burn that city down. <laughs> they burn that city to the ground. Be so remember, mad. remember, I said it first. It's about to be an ugly night, but everybody they need to have a they need to have the national guard out there ready because nah. if, if the Warriors <laughs> win that game, bro, them Boston fans is gonna rip. They are gonna be pissed. Nah, but Steph, Steph wants all the smoke Yo. with Boston fans. They said Aisha can't cook. They made a sign. Right, they lead that man. Lead that man. Leave that man Steph alone. Y'all out here talking about his wife Side can't cook note, and he took it personal. I have been to International Smoke down here in Miami. It's a phenomenal yeah. restaurant. So shout out to mm. Aisha Curry. Like, I know she curated mm. the menu and it's a phenomenal... Is she the one cooking it though? No, she has chefs, but it's her like recipes and her menu oh. and like she curated it and stuff. It's a phenomenal restaurant. I absolutely loved right. it. I went like a year, I think, ago or a couple years right. ago. Great restaurant. Mm. So for them to say she can't cook, that's definitely cat because... Well, technically she's not cooking it. It's her restaurant. I mean, yeah, but in order for it to be her recipe, she's probably cooked it before. <laughs> no? I mean. Uh oh. I couldn't listen. I'll I tell mean, you this. I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't give you a recipe for a smoked brisket. I don't even know how to make one. I mean, you're a brand <laughs> you're a brand, Ash. We'll give you the recipe and make you the face of it. I'm not saying that she can't <laughs> cook. But I will say though, I do shirt. have one of her no, 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 I do have one of her cook. cookbooks. She does <laughs> yeah. there's some really good meals in there. She makes a really good oxtail meal that's in her rest in her cookbook oh, that she does. No, we're not okay. talking about oxtail. She's Jamaican. From Aisha. Oh, 
What? Yes. Where have I been? Oh wow! Well, I didn't know I didn't know that. I never know no. that. Hey, you gotta wow. realize though, Chris. You see, to, my for her just completely changed. for her for her <laughs> to keep a Steph Curry, she, she gotta makes, know how to cook a good meal now. She makes a mean oxtail, like right. she's I didn't Jamaican. Know she was Jamaican. Yes. Wow! Yes. Yes. Shout out to Aisha, man. Holding wow. it down. Yeah, yeah. just his tune just changed so crazy. So did you? You just switched it real quick. Nah, listen, because you said oxtail. Oxtail hit me in my soul. Okay. I just, I just. She's a Jamaican You did an Insta story the other day with somebody having a sale on oxtail. You was tweaking. Yeah, I was like, yo, listen, we gotta run it up. Ten dollar jerk chicken. Stop playing. All right, man. That does it for three on five. Let's see what's going down on the timeline. You know what time it is. It's time to scroll down the timeline. It's on the TL. Here's the first thing I saw on the timeline. The Spring Hill Company's original movie, Hustle, has come out, and everybody keeps talking about it. And I know why I watched it, too. I mean, Adam Sandler is amazing. First of all, you missed the most important star of the film, and that is our very own Lethal Shooter. Lethal, you got your half and three quarter seconds of fame, brother. My mother was saying, "Hey, that's no, your no, 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 that was too fast. They gave me, they gave me my one point two seconds. But yes, sir, one point two seconds. Shout they out had, to Lethal. They Shutter. had my voiceover, so that was huge. That Hell was huge. yeah, Lethal. What you was know? it like? Take us behind the scenes working on that film. You know, to watch Adam work um, was a dream come true. Um, Spring Hill did a great job, um, and to watch. How dedicated he was was definitely uh, was was motivating. I laugh and make fun of myself for having a small part in the movie, but everybody has their peace and greatness. It's just like the podcast, you know. Ashley's MJ, you're uh, Pippin, and I'm Steve Kerr. So it's just like you know, <laughs> you gotta you stop to shortchanging yourself. You ain't Steve you have Kerr. To, you have to, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm Steve Kerr. So you have to, um, you have to just um, respect your that you're a part of greatness, and and God is good that I had that little part. But uh, Hustle is a great movie. Everybody should definitely go out and watch it. And shout out to LeBron James for um, co-producing this as well. He's been doing a great job of putting out good basketball movies as well. Oh uh, yeah, Ashley, what was your favorite part of Hustle? Um, I love the shit talking between <laughs> between Hernan Gomez and Anthony Edwards. First of all, Anthony Edwards is absolutely hilarious. Like, absolutely right, right. hilarious. Um, what'd he say? He said, Olay, bitch. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yo. <laughs> He's and then he said oh, he said Spain. What he say Spain sounds sounds stupid or so I don't know, something like that. Yeah. But he the, and what I loved about it is after the fact, he said that he was improvising that entire thing. So I just now know what it's like to play against Anthony Edwards because I know he's like doing that to anybody who's in his face. Like in that Timberwolves series against the Grizzlies, I know he was talking that shit. Like I just know yeah. it. And yeah, now I know exactly what was coming out of his mouth. But I thought it was great. I loved how, you know, you saw a bunch of um, NBA players, you know, Tobias Harris made an appearance. Kyle Lowry was in it. Um, you know, they weren't in forced roles. They were in believable roles. They were in believable cameos. I love Adam Sandler in roles like this. You know, I think that yeah. Adam Sandler in these like, quote unquote, dark movies or moody films where sprinkles of like comedy are a lot better than his comedies that try to have like serious parts in it. Um, and him being a true basketball fan, you really believed you know, him in this role. You know, he's someone who is a lover of the game in all aspects. 
I just thought it was a great film. It was very enjoyable to watch, and Spring Hill did an amazing job. So shout out to the gang for sure. We, we've got some breaking news from ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. After watching the movie Hustle, the New York Knicks are preparing a four-year, $200 million contract for Wancho Hernan Gomez. <laughs> Ashley, your immediate thoughts. Your immediate thoughts, Ashley. You guys are doing it. Okay, Ashley is I'm not, not doing this messing with, you. with this right. one. Next thing on the timeline, for the most of this series, Draymond Green, and rightfully so, has been catching strays on the internet because he's just been looking like he's running around on the floor not doing a damn thing for a lot of these games. And during game four, it even came, some of those strays came from an unlikely source, which is his own mom. (laughs) While her son was struggling during the Warriors game four win, Draymond's mom tweeted out, please stop asking me what's wrong with Dre. I don't know. Maybe this is a clone. LMBO, which is laughing my butt off. Where is the Draymond that helped us get here? Hmm, I have never seen this either. That's his own flesh and blood. Lethal, has there been a time where you were flamed by a family member or a friend because of a poor performance in the game? I know the answer is yes. Well, that's the best criticism to get. You know, yeah. a, a fan doesn't hurt your feelings as much as your aunt or your uncle or your cousin that you want to always be on your side. So coming from his mom definitely is always going to motivate him to continue to move forward because your mother's going to always tell her how it is. So shout out to Miss Green for, for <laughs> keeping it real with her son. And most importantly, shout out to Draymond um, for being able to take criticism and continue to go out here and play basketball because there's a lot of people on social media that give out criticism um, and they can't probably take it at their own workplaces. There's a lot of people that give out criticism that um, under pressure, they collapse. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Draymond for being a professional. Shout out to Draymond for his amazing podcast and keep up the great work. He's not always going to play perfect, but the one thing about him, he owns up to it. And a lot of players, they shy away from um, bad games and he owns up that he plays bad basketball sometimes. So, you know, keep it up, Draymond. Absolutely. Yeah, listen, my um my family, my parents flame me all the time. So like... Yeah. <laughs> for di- for different reasons like my my dad has always been the one like I learned how to debate sports by having conversations with my dad like he was the one who kind of introduced me to the game not only basketball but football as well and he was also the one he was my first debate partner and still is my you know my debate sounding board and he's never afraid to tell me you don't know what you're talking about you sound stupid go back and watch the like literally I'm like crying. head on like will go at me but I feel like ultimately it's made me better, not only in terms of debate, in terms of knowledge of the game and also my ability to kind of deal with, you know, trolls and people on social media that lethal, you know, Mm, was referring to who can dish it out, but they can't take it if the roles are reversed. And with my mom, same thing, you know, she may not understand sports like my dad does, but her, her criticism comes in other aspects. She'll be like, "Mm, I don't like what you're wearing. Mm, Mm, I don't like your hair. I feel like you could have done that better. Mm, maybe you should pronunciate this word a little bit more. It's like, all right, I got it. Thanks. Thanks, mom. Appreciate I'm it. Crying. But, you know, you need it because it helps you to constantly get better. And I'm a constant evolving door. or I'm, I'm a constant evolving person and always trying to get 1% better each and every day in everything that I do because of my parents. And that's for different reasons. So biggest haters, but also biggest supporters. So shout out to the parents. Do you have a hater switch? 
Can you turn it on? Like, I know you text. I know you, you're, you're in touch with a lot of players. When they shoot poorly, do you text them? Oh, like, ah, I'm, I am Petty LaBelle. Like, I... There it is. Listen, I... I'll tell Bam to his face, like, mm, I just feel like you're not playing really that aggressive. Like, you're mm. like 6'9". You should probably drive to the basket a little bit more. Or, you know, uh, Julius Randle's a friend of mine, too. I'll tell him all the time, like, you stinking up the garden, bro. Like, I'm going to need mm. you to like... You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. think that it's, you know, my honesty is my most endearing quality. <laughs> and sometimes that can backfire like it did with CJ McCollum when he told Draymond he was picking the Celtics to win the series. Draymond said they're going to be ringless. Just like you, CJ, and what happened? Mm. The Warriors are up three to two. Damn, why he throw the ring at him though? That's me. Shout out to out. my guys, CJ. That had to hurt. Moving on to the next thing on the timeline. And I could not believe my eyes when I saw this. But a former certified buckets host and NBA icon Nick Young mm, mm, mm. is boxing Blueface at mm, Crypto.com mm. Arena, which is the old Staples Center, RIP, on July 30th. We got mm. Nick Young versus Blueface. Do they I don't actually, think I ever do saw they actually this. think they're going to sell that arena out? I'm confused. I don't know what they think oh. is going to mm. happen. Mm. Mm. I don't even know if either of them got hands. Lethal, I need you to name your price, brother. How much would you have to be paid to step into the ring for a celebrity boxing match? And who would you want to fight? Well, it's not about... Let me, let me just speak on something. You know, people need to. I know people need to pay bills right now. <laughs> people need to, you know, people yeah. buy homes yeah. and cars and stuff. That, but it's like, be safe with this boxing yeah. thing, man. This boxing thing is no joke. If somebody hits you the wrong way in the head, you're going to be slurring words. You're going to be all messed up like this. People out here, like, I saw Black China the other day fighting. It's like, if y'all got to pay bills, like, do. I mean, I understand it's a quick lick. You know, if somebody told me to get in the boxing ring next week with, uh, let's just say, Mike Tyson. And I'm gonna get paid two million dollars. Hey man, I think I might take. You just run around in circles stutter. for like nine yeah. rounds. You can't run. You're around not making it nine rounds. But I, I might come out talking like Rocky. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jump shot gonna be broken as hell. But we ain't listen. Tomahawk steaks is gonna be on me after yeah. I get that two million certified buckets. But I mean, these two, I, I, I don't know. I mean, Nick Young, he's one of my old clients. I don't know blue face like that. So I got to go with Nick. You know what yeah. I mean? But it's just like, what are we doing, y'all? Like, but that shows you, man, since COVID hit, I can't knock that somebody else. Inflation else's. is real. Hey, the inflation real. Yeah, y'all keep said. playing. I might be out here. I might box somebody next Blueface week. Blueface does have hands from what I've seen. He used to play football. He was a football player. What? Yeah, he was actually a really good. Oh, he was man. actually a really good football player. We can't player. get another. Played... We can't get another Hooper getting getting beat up. Nah. Yo, we already, Nate Robinson already died for our sins. Yeah. Nah, that's my man. <laughs> keep his name out your mouth, bro. <laughs> that's my man, dog. That's my man. I believe he played wide receiver in high school. And he, the story is, is that he said he he's he was honest about it. He said that he couldn't really dedicate, that he didn't have the attention span to dedicate to the craft of football like other athletes do. So he got into rapping. So, but he, from film, like they've dropped videos like on the internet of him, you know, playing football. He was actually really good, really talented wide receiver. He's tall. He was fast. Um, I don't know how that equates to like boxing, but... Um, I would never do this. Like, my face is my moneymaker, and you're not about to hit me in my nose. Like, 
So absolutely not. Like Astradamus has spoken. Absolutely we have lethal, not. Unless we it's have like unless saying, it's like rigged and like we both, you know, like when Floyd Mayweather and, both, and you, Logan Paul fought yeah. each other, like, yeah. and right, it was like right, nobody right, can get knocked right. out, nobody could get hit in the face. Like that, I would do, but I'm not going to like an actual match. You got right. me messed up. Sorry. We got we got lethal staying. Get your money up, not your funny up. We got Ash saying, "I'm too pretty for this." <laughs> this, this is certified buckets, y'all. Let's move on to the next thing. I'm breaking the next thing up into into two separate things because something just came to my mind. First thing I saw in my timeline was new head coach for the Charlotte Hornets, Kenny Atkinson. Um, I, I got a chance to cover him for the with, with the Nets for a little while, and um, it was kind of a a head scratcher why the Nets kind of fired him and then replaced him with a rookie head coach and Steve Nash when they were saying that they didn't want a rookie head coach; they wanted experience. Um, but Kenny can do two things. Number one, player development guru, right? We've seen what he did with D'Angelo Russell, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie, all the young Nets players that are now thriving elsewhere. Um, Kenny had his imprints on that. Um, but now we're seeing him also have, you know, learning in the Warriors system, right? He's, he's got this experience. Now he's about, he's about to have a finals ring. He, if, they, if the Warriors pull this off, he's going to be a champion. And now you're taking that and bottling that up and bringing that to Charlotte, where you're working with LaMelo Ball, you work with Miles Bridges, you've got all these young guys that need to take the next step. Um, and I think the Hornets also need to add another player to that roster. But I don't know if you guys are as bullish as I am on the Hornets this year coming up. I think that's a team we see take the next step and make the playoffs based on this hiring. What do you guys think of that hiring alone? I like it. I feel like he's capable of getting his team together. Um, like you're saying, like um, when the Nets let him go, I was a bit surprised. He's one of my guys as well. He be- you know, he's one of the guys that when I was considered being a coach, we spoke and he came and watched me do some stuff when he was with the Clippers. And um, that's when I was considering being a shooting coach for the Clippers. So I, I believe in everything he's about because he thinks outside of the box. You know what I mean? I don't think I think he's prepared to be um, a great coach for the Hornets. I agree. I, I like the hiring. It's definitely interesting. I know Dan Tony was like almost in the running for that one. It was almost like a shoe in yeah. favorite to go yeah. ahead and get that position. I think they watched the playoffs and realized they need some defense. It's gonna right. It's gonna be that <laughs> that that catch and shoot don't really work. Um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting though. You know, obviously James Harden was pushing for him in Philly. The 76ers have said that they're not getting rid of Doc Rivers. We already know that that he will be there next season. Um, so it's it's gonna be interesting to see what that situation with the byproduct of him not going and getting that Charlotte job and now Doc Rivers maintaining his job in Philly, um, what that not only means for D'Antoni, but what that means for um, Doc and, and James Harden's relationship. Be interesting to see if they maybe bring D'Antoni in in some role, you know, to kind of get James Harden under control. But I think Atkins is a great um, coach for that young Hornet squad, especially um, LaMelo. I think he's going to be um, super um, beneficial in developing LaMelo and taking him to the next level for sure. 100%. I want to see LaMelo Ball averaging a triple-double. I think he's capable of doing it. Uh, I think he's skilled enough to do it, and I can't wait for that to happen. <whistles> Last thing that we will round out on the timeline with is something that I saw, and I spat out my drink dying laughing. Apparently, we're all familiar with the fake Clay Thompson, the doppelganger, right? Is that We've the dude who was, like, games. dressed up at the game? Yeah, we've seen him be dressed up in Warriors gear with the Clay Thompson head haircut and the headband looking basically like him. He took it a step further. Um, apparently, he entered through the employee entrance of the Chase Center um, dressed 
in a way that would impersonate building personnel uh, as a Warriors employee. And they handed him a letter saying he's banned. So this is his name is Dawson Gurley. I think his Twitter handle is at Big Doss TV. So that's B-I-G-D-A-W-S-T-V. And um, <clears throat> the, the Warriors wrote him a letter and it said, you being in the Chase Center without proper credentials or authorization is in direct violation of the fan code of conduct of Chase Center, Golden State Warriors, and the NBA League. Why doesn't the Chase Center look in the mirror? How do you get, how do you get back there? I don't I know. I got a question for you, Ash. Yeah, go ahead, Lethal. People keep saying, <laughs> how did this dude get back there? He got all the way down there. The question is, what in your mental mind makes you go down there to think you actually are Clay Thompson? There's people <laughs> out, re- out here now, Ash and Chris, they, they're, they're, they're trying to make fame off being the fake Drake. And being the I've fake seen the fake Drake in Miami. Can I, he doesn't look anything like something. Drake. Free game. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> Bruh, God made you you. Don't be, I, I'm not about to be out here acting like I'm Idris Alba. Chris ain't out here acting like he <laughs> Tay Diggs or somebody. But I'm just oh, saying, yes, like, that's the world we live Boy, in. <laughs> that's the world we live in where people keep saying, oh, well, they let him down there. This, this guy, I was about to say fool, this guy is on thinks he's Clay Thompson to even try to go and then gets down there and plays the victim when he gets in trouble. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, yes, 100%. I think impersonators... Ashley, his whole life is based on being another person. No, I think person. it's weird. I think it's weird behavior. It's weird. But I will yeah. also say it's super weird behavior. Like, you're a grown-ass man. But right. I also feel like the Chase yeah. Center banning somebody... He banned. Or, Get him out of there. No, no, no. He's we we yes, don't know what he could have done, Chase, Ash. Right. But the Chase Center also needs to go ahead and look at their security measures because someone who didn't have credentials, someone who was not Clay Thompson, clearly, if you were at the Chase Center, I would hope you know what Clay Thompson looked like, looks like. How the hell did he get down there in the first place? Like, you need to be looking at how you're hiring your security and your people down there. Because what if Clay was, you know, working out in the gym on the floor and taking shots up and this guy walks up to him? Now he's in danger and that's your fault because you let him down there. So while I understand, you know, the asinine just like mindset to just be somebody that you're not and frequently do it when it's not Halloween and you're not a paid impersonator. The Chase Center also got to look in the mirror and be like, yo, how did he even get down here and how do we tighten up security? Because if I tried to walk down there dressed as Clay Thompson, I would hope that they would stop me. You didn't stop this guy. So you also got to look at yourself. But it's a it's a weird situation all the way around. They got that top and then security. And then took a picture of the letter. It's like that meme. The yeah, security guard. The older guy. The older guy, he's like barely that. touching them to tap yeah. them up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But listen, and then took a picture of the letter on social media so people could feel sorry for him. And I got a question for y'all. For y'all, <laughs> what we gonna do, bro? You banned, bro? What are you right. doing? Play stupid games, like people, win stupid people prizes. People are so weird. Like yeah. you really out here thinking you Clay Thompson, bro? Like God, like you, you. Oh man! And here's lethal. Here you go. Here's a tweet from him 17 hours ago. Was it worth it to lose ten thousand dollars on tickets and be banned for life? Absolutely. I was an NBA player for ten minutes, bro. See what I, that's oh, a man. stand, Ash. That's a stand. No, that's more than a stand. That's a psycho. Oh, but wait, there's more. Full video will be up tomorrow. He's doing it for the streams. Oh, he doing. See he's what I'm doing saying? Doing it for the streams. Now, 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 y'all get where I'm coming from. He's y'all know what he's doing right now. 
No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not doubting the the moronic <laughs> nature of it. I'm just right. also saying that there's blame from the Chase Center as well because y'all let him get through the reins to begin with. Like he shouldn't have even gotten that far. The minute he walked up to the metal detectors that you got to go through when you're back in the tunnel, and you saw that one, he didn't have a credential. Two. He, if he did have a right. potential, it wasn't real. And three, if he was dressed as right. Clay Thompson, that's not Clay Thompson, and you still let him through. Like y'all got a security problem that you got to yeah. figure let's out. Get, let's get to the certified bucket. Hold man. on, wait, this real is... quick to to address the security problem. I, he tweeted, "Banned because I walked past five layers of security." I'm sorry, guards that's insane. Who who willingly let me through security without asking for ID? And shot around on the court for 10 minutes. What? Come on, Lethal. Oh, hold up, hold up. <laughs> he shot on the court for 10 minutes? On, Yo. Lethal. Shut Yo. the... No, this is not real. Yo. This is not real. Full this video is... today. This Let's is, go. This, this fool did not see my shoot point? on an NBA court for 10 minutes. I can't shot, even shoot on an NBA court for 10, 10 minutes. minutes. Lethal, no, do you see my point? Do you see my point? Ash, Where is security? Ash, 10 minutes. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Hell, he Yo. is an NBA player now. I Yo. apologize, fake Clay. He got more minutes than you do, Lethal. He got more NBA oh, shots man. up than I ever have in my whole life. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> it's the breaking point. I can't this do no nasty, more. Yeah. This dude, this dude I can't is go on. And you know what? They should have gave him another. They should have gave him two letters. I end them, Ash. Should've he can't him. go to another NBA game. Hey, we got to see what that film looks like. It might be. It Yo. might not be too late to offer him a 10-day contract. Oh, he was hitting shit. I'm, I've been broken, y'all. I can't, lethal, take it away. I can't. Man, this is nuts, man. People out here, I'm telling you guys, uh, people sitting in the house, have they have lost their minds. But before we end the show, it's time for my segment. You know what they say. Don't bite the hand that feeds you buckets. That's a good one. That was a good one, man. Verified with our stamp of approval, it's the certified bucket of the week. So my certified bucket of the week, I'm going to go with Asia Wilson. She's a certified killer in the WNBA. You know, one thing I love about WNBA players, they... They're they're showing people how skilled they are because more people are starting to understand, like we always say, um, how great of players they are. So shout out to Asia Wilson. Um, keep up the great work. You're my certified bucket of the week. Um, we're watching you co- closely. So continue to take your team to the next level. And most importantly, continue to take your game to the next level. I got to give a shout out to to Andrew Wiggins. Or maybe it's not Andrew Wiggins. Maybe someone's sneaking on the game. Sneaking on the court every game and playing instead of Andrew Wiggins because this person here is hooping. Wiggins every day is my certified bucket. I mean, the rebounding for me is that's what's going to be what what continues to be his calling card, I think. I mean, we're seeing 14 rebounds, 16 rebounds, offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds, rebounds in, in traffic, grabbing rebounds over Robert Williams and Al Horford and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Hitting sidestep. You know what I'm saying? Pull up twos when the when the clock is running down and the play is broken. I mean, Wiggins is looking like what I said he wasn't, which is an NBA All-Star starter. Um, shout outs to him. The Warriors needing him to win is not something that I saw coming, but here we are. And um, that boy is playing well. That's my certified bucket. Well, I'm going to keep it in the Warriors family, and I'm going to go one half of the Splash Brothers, Clay Thompson. And hey. Josh didn't give okay. us stats, but no worries. I know my shit. Because Monday night, 21 points oh, from Clay Thompson. Ash. And it was feeling like a little bit of nostalgic clay. And it was it was nice to see because like we've spoken about in this podcast and this episode and just throughout this series and the playoffs in general, Clay's been struggling to kind of find Clay Thompson again. And it's always nice to see him get into a rhythm. It's always nice to see him feeling confident. 
he's it's taken a lot for him to get back to this point. And I think even if you're not a Warriors fan, it's hard to not be a Klay Thompson fan. I mean, this man battled two injuries that a lot of people don't even come back from just one of them. And here he is in the NBA Finals, one game away from being a world champion once again. And this is only the beginning, I think, for the resurgence of Klay Thompson. Like Lethal has spoken about, he's going to need a full season to go ahead and get his his footing and get back to the clay that we know and we love. But it's definitely optimistic to see this version of clay, even if it's only here and there. Because like I've said, like we've said, a lot of people don't look the same after one of those injuries, and he's had two. So clay, we're rooting for you. I'm rooting for you. Splash Brothers forever. Well, now the Splash Triplets, because Jordan Poole is officially in the mix. But um, whatever you did in the Pacific Ocean worked, my friend, because it's looking like Clay Thompson is, is on the way to spin the block and, and be who he was once again. Can't wait for next season. Going to enjoy these final two games, but definitely can't wait to see what Clay looks like next season. I have a feeling he's going to be a whole lot better. So Absolutely. Hey, my, my, I might have to switch my certified bucket to, to Dawson Gurley for getting on the court for 10 minutes and getting some NBA shots up. Cause yeah, man. Shout out to different. the fake Clay, man. Listen, 10 I, I minutes. Hope he got more minutes than some minutes. bench players do. All right, guys, that is a wrap for this episode of Certified Buckets. Fellas, how are you feeling? One more show to go. One more show. And then my Tuesdays, I can train. Listen, you guys do yourself a favor and hit that subscribe button, rate five stars, and drop a review if you're listening on Apple. Shoot your shot on social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets. And we are on all social media platforms. We want to hear from you. And if you come correct, you might just hear your comments on our next show but until next week we will have an nba champion by then we are out peace